Hello, friends, and welcome to the Resilient Leaders Podcast, where resilience isn't just a buzzword, it's what's required of leaders in this new reality. I'm J.R. Briggs, your podcast host and founder of Kairos Partnerships. Thanks for joining me today. I love learning with, connecting with, and engaging with leaders just like you who are looking to learn, to be hungry, to grow. And if you're new to this, this podcast has one sole purpose, and that's to equip you to flourish in leadership, even when things are constantly changing around you. Now, the power of a leader is not just in what they learn. It is also in the leader's ability to unlearn and learn again. Now, I read a book a while ago that was a fantastic read. It's titled Humble Inquiry, The Gentle Art of Asking Instead of Telling by Ed Sheen and Peter Sheen. It was a great book. In chapter eight, the authors unpack how one can develop the attitude and posture of what they describe as humble inquiry. They said that in order to lead by asking instead of leading by just telling, it's really counterintuitive in our culture, which means that we have to be willing to engage in unlearning and new learning if we're going to not only survive but thrive in our leadership. You remember way back, way back at the beginning of this podcast, on one of the early episodes, we discussed the acronym VUCA, V-U-C-A, which stands for Volatile, Uncertain, Complex, and Ambiguous. The world we live in now is VUCA. The world we live in is volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. And because of that, we have to learn. We have to engage in unlearning. We have to engage in new learning constantly. Learning is the easy part. The harder, more difficult part is the unlearning and the new learning. What's fascinating, and it's easy to say, yeah, we need to unlearn and, and learn new things. But what I appreciate about the authors of the book, Humble Inquiry, is that they talked about the two anxieties of unlearning and new learning that I don't think I've heard anybody ever address, but they're there. I read it and I said, yes, there is so much truth to this. It's very perceptive. They said learning new things can be easy when there's no unlearning involved. But if the new unlearning has to displace some old habits of telling, two anxieties come into play. And the first one they described was survival anxiety. Survival anxiety. It's the realization that unless we learn the new behavior, we will be at a disadvantage, either metaphorically threatened by extinction or quite literally. But survival anxiety provides the motivation for all of us to learn, even if it's mostly nervous energy right? I mean, this, this makes sense, right? We've got to learn something new. If we don't learn a new industry, if we don't learn how to do this, we will become extinct. We will become irrelevant and the world around us will pass us by. And we confront the learning task by developing new attitudes and behaviors. And as we do that, we realize it may be difficult or we may not want to tolerate the period of incompetence or uncertainty as we're trying to learn. But we also realize that our colleagues and our friends around us may not understand or welcome the new behavior we're engaged in. And worst of all, we might not like the new identity that the new er learning will require us to adopt. The rugged individualism, the spirit that says, oh, I got this, it may not, be, it may not want to be, become a humble inquirer because we can no longer say, oh, I got this, I'm in charge, I'm the expert. So that's survival anxiety. But we anticipate all of these potential difficulties. We also experience learning 
anxiety. Now, this is often uh, this often accompanies any unlearning and is the primary source of resistance to change. Let me say this again. Learning anxiety, which often accompanies accompanies any unlearning, is the primary source of resistance to change. The authors say this, as long as learning anxiety remains stronger than survival anxiety, we will resist change and avoid learning. As long as learning anxiety remains stronger than the survival anxiety, we will resist change and avoid learning. To facilitate new learning, we have to decrease our learning anxiety. Now, as simple as this may may sound to you, I just appreciate how these authors are so articulate in those two anxieties and how we so easily, survival anxiety makes sense, but it's the learning anxiety. Now, if we are to draw on our courage and if we are to face these anxieties and engage in unlearning and new learning, the authors suggest several practices, which I really appreciate. You know me, you know I like to be ridiculously practical. And they gave us several practices to consider engaging in to help facilitate the unlearning and new learning process. There are several, but here are six uh, that I found to be helpful. Maybe you and I can just pick one of these to try to engage in. Number one, they said slow down and vary the pace. There's something about changing the pace of what we're doing that helps us wake up to see things differently, right? You ever driven through a, a, a school zone in in the in, in Pennsylvania, it's 15 miles per hour when the lights are flashing around a school zone. It feels like you could walk or maybe run faster <laughs> at 15 miles per hour when you slow down. But slowing down varies the pace and you begin to notice things, which is the whole point of why a school zone has you slow down your speed so you notice students who are walking to and from school. Number two, they said, don't give into the perilous pressure that fast is better. As Americans, it is so hard for us to fight that temptation because we think if we're going slow, we're doing it wrong. If we're going slow, we're not being efficient and effective and we're not making progress. But let's not give in to that pressure that fast is better. Number three, they said scheduling learning time with others and slowing down together. This is why offsite retreats are so important. Scheduling learning time to do that together, not just to unplug and update, but actually do learning together and to make sure you slow down in the process. I love what Mark Batterson said, change of pace plus change of place equals change of perspective. Change of pace plus change of place equals change of perspective. Number four, reflect by asking yourself humble inquiry questions. This is where you slow down to just step back instead of jump to conclusions You just ask, huh, which leads to the fifth one. He said, take time to wonder, wonder, asking questions like what else is happening here or what makes this different than what I'm used to? And if we can just pause for half a second and ask ourselves that question rather than going, that's weird, that's different. Why are they doing it that way? To be able to just pause, not with judgment, but with curiosity. And then number six, to learn from your own group behavior. The military engages in what are called AARs. Those are are called after-action reviews. After-action reviews allow military teams to assess how things went, whether it's in battle or training exercise or whatever it is, to assess how things went, what they learned, and what they need to do differently in the future. After-action reviews are so important, kind of like a post-mortem. 
And all of these are important that will help us in the unlearning and the new learning process. In order to participate in unlearning and new learning, we have to break the cycle. We have to interrupt our routines to try new things. And this requires going out of our way to try things we haven't tried before. They could be silly things. It could be like driving home and a new route from work home um, or brushing your teeth with your opposite hand. But there could be more important learning and unlearning environments and postures you can take, like letting someone else lead your team meeting this week and just sitting back and observing the environment. Or maybe letting your team meet without you to see how they do in planning the next initiative or solving a certain problem or issue. The anxieties around unlearning and new learning are high, but leaders, let's draw on our courage and let's push through it to see what comes out and what comes through on the other side. Unlearning and new learning are some of the primary indicators of resilience and leadership. So how will you engage with your unlearning and relearning new learning this week? Uh, thanks for joining me this week, and thanks, as always, to my friend and colleague in Good Mischief Creation, Joel Limbowen at Onalim Productions. Joel produces all of the episodes of this podcast and other podcasts as well. And if you have video or podcast production needs, Joel helps you tell your organization, company, team, or church's story in clear and compelling ways. You can visit his, uh, his website and see his great stuff at onalimproductions.com. Dot com, or you can visit the show notes to learn more. Will leaders be faithful, available, teachable, and hungry? Keep leaning in and learning and unlearning and engaging in new learning. Because remember, learning is the easy part of leadership, but the hard part that requires courage on our part is the unlearning and the new learning. But it's worth it in order to be resilient in these VUCA times that we live in. Have a great day.